Howdy, yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edchill. And today we're building a perfect world. Or maybe just a pool on top of a singing hill. So turn him into a flea. A harmless little flea. And pull the lever, crunk. Because today we're bringing you the Emperor's New Groove. So many jokes. This movie was released uh, December 15th, 2000, 6,654 days ago. 100 million dollars. That's over a million dollars a minute, Ethan. Yeah. Over a million dollars a minute. Uh, it made only 169.3 million dollars worldwide. 85% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes. 83% audience rating. 85 is the critics. 83% Rotten. 83% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And a 70 on Metacritic. Um, we don't have a guest, so it's just Ethan and I. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Uh, do you have a negative review for me? I do. Okay. I will read that to you while you remember to pull up a positive review. I have all of them pulled up right here. Okay. Well, Terry Lawson of the Big Blickin' Hoopadooba. Terry Lawson, that name, of the Detroit Free Press, says... The first Disney animated movie since The Little Mermaid that amounts to nothing more than a throwaway. Now, I disagree Ooh. I disagree with this review on the fact that I love The Emperor's New Groove, but I agree with this review that Little Mermaid's a trash fire. Here's the thing about Little Mermaid. People, listen, people, we talk a lot about the Stockholm Syndrome thing with Beauty and the Beast, okay? And I've heard some compelling arguments against that. You cannot argue Little Mermaid in a way where I will agree with you that Eric is in the right, that Ariel's in the right, that Triton's in the Everyone is in the wrong. Yeah, Little Mermaid Eric. does not pass the test of time here. Everybody is wrong here. Eric, Sebastian is singing to you, and you don't know why, but you're dying to try. You wanna do something without consent, okay? She can't talk. You can't just kiss the girl. It's not how that works, Yeah, let me tell you, a singing crab told me to do it <laughs> is not gonna hold up in court. In any also court. Can they hear him? Can they not hear him? Always been unclear. It me. would just, I Always. feel like it would just come out of <laughs> But with like a Creole accent. <laughs> However you make uh, bubbles with that accent. Usually I'm pretty good at impressions. This is not one of those moments. I don't know how to pull the accent off with the bubbles. Right. <laughs> anyway, The Emperor's uh, New Groove, not problematic at all. I have a positive review, uh, David Anson. Oh, right. You still have to do that. Yep. Yeah. Okay, David go Anson for it. Newsweek. He says, the unfussy, tossed-off quality actually helps give... I'm going to read it again. You're going to delete the previous audio. You the say unfussy, tossed-off quality actually helps give this original story zippy irreverence some of Disney's plusher cartoons lack. I don't know if I read that right. That sounded like a sentence. That was a tongue twister. I know. There's a lot of words there. Listen... <laughs> I have a positive review from Liam Lacey of the Globe We're just going to read a different review. <laughs> got it. Got it. Okay. Review. While you're I'm at it, sure. I've got a negative review. Again, there was somebody. <laughs> it was like Capelli and Silverstern from some production. I can't even remember who. Sounds like a law office, but whatever. All they said for their negative review blurb was yawn exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> and that's again another one I don't really quite know how to unpack. How do you is that just sitting there going, yawn? I sound you know, my barbaric yawn. This is listen, I don't want to get into anything political here, but that's a Trump tweet, if I've ever seen one. <laughs> 
I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing. It's just what it is. What, just a yawn exclamation point? <laughs> yeah. It's like a reply tweet to some reporter. Right. Uh, Liam Lacey from the Globe and Mail. He says, will the kids buy it? You bet they will. Three out of four. I have no idea if I saw this movie in theaters or not. I honestly do not know. Here's, because Here's what I know. No, no, no. Here's what I know about this movie in theater is uh, the scene where they're tied to the log was in the preview. Yeah. And in the preview, I remember thinking, oh, there's a scene with a pirate ship. Interesting. And I remember... I don't know if I saw it in theaters or outside of theaters for the first time, but I know the first time I saw this movie and they were tied to a log and they're like, about to go over a huge waterfall. Yep. Sharp rocks at the bottom. You betcha. Or whatever. Bring it on. Now, here's uh, here's my reasoning for why I don't actually no think I- ship. Here's my reasoning for why I don't actually think I saw it in theaters. Because it made $169 million, which means no one saw it in theaters. Nobody. Nobody. Uh, like Everybody literally- spending all their money on the Phantom Menace. Right. <laughs> that was a year earlier, but- I w- Listen, I was still seeing it. I was too probably i don't know i have no idea i like there are there are no memories from this point in my life that have any sort of solid time to them like there has never been a time in which i had not seen the emperor's new groove like i I cannot i cannot remember a time when i was unaware of cusco the talking llama Um, so therefore, you, I don't know if I saw it in theaters. I don't know if I didn't. I don't know when I saw it. I have no idea. But it, it, it may as well have been born with the idea burned into my brain. Let me ask you a binary review, then. It's a one. It's a one. I'm yeah. glad you say one. Yeah, no, absolutely. Revisiting it. Listen, I can understand why somebody would come into my life and say, this movie is a zero. This is 77 minutes you don't have to spend. But the truth is, it's, it's 77 freaking minutes, man. If there's a movie that's 77 minutes long and makes me laugh more than five times 19 years after it comes out it's a one it's a one absolutely they're like i have um, never and granted i ha- it's not like i watch this movie over and over and over again i don't you know just sit down no i mean i have it in in my past but almost in my past life again i got called out for that the other day um what? somebody said that i i was talking about i said in a past life and like what i meant was just in my past oh. um anyway yeah it, in the past i have but like in the past 10 years, I haven't just, like, I think I've watched it every time I get a notification that's like, The Emperor's New Groove is back on Netflix. And I'm like, it left? What? Okay, I better watch <laughs> time it. for Netflix. <laughs> yeah, better watch it while it's around. Um, <laughs> but, like, this was I haven't seen it enough to burn it. myself out on it at all. So, like, it is still funny. It still makes me laugh. The The comedic timing between John Goodman and and uh, David Spade, and also the comedic timing between Eartha Kitt and Patrick Warburton. And this was pre, like, we record lines together days. Right. Yeah, this was pre-Monsters Inc. Yeah. So, like, these people were all in their own individual booths recording their own individual lines. Nobody's and granted, that heartless. Yeah, granted, I mean, John Goodman obviously had the chops to pull it off because he pulled off Monsters, Inc. But, like, yeah, this is a, this is a fantastic movie. It's it's still, it's, it's hilarious. 19 years later, however many times I've seen it, never gets boring. I 100% agree with you. This was on a short list of films. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure I've talked about it, but we had the DVD player and the minivan growing up. Um, and I, I that minivan is the reason Super Carlin Brothers exists today. Like, I, I have no doubt that that is the truth because we had this and we had, like, Without Limits, which is about Steve Prefontaine, and we had a couple different Pixar films. And those are what, like, we would, we would be in the car for 12 hours. We would watch the movie and then we would search for Easter eggs on the menu type, like the menu screen. You remember how on DVD, DVDs, they used to do that where it was like if you went to to special features and then you pressed up three times you could get to like a secret menu right we would like discover those because we were just in the car for 12 hours yeah you had to watch the emperor's new groove three times the atari's in, adventure thing going on with the dvd menus right 
we watched it in like four hours, so now we're we're looking for all the Easter eggs in the in the DVD menu. Uh, and we loved this movie. We would put it on if we were going to the gas station with mom. Like it was always on in the car. Always been yeah one of my favorite films. Absolutely. Uh, so that which by the way, people, if you're considering like oh my kids have iPads in the back seat, uh, just remember that Super Carlin Brothers is a YouTube channel with about two million subscribers born out of the back seat of a minivan where we all had to watch the same movie at the same time. So get the get the van with the Blu-ray player where they all have to watch the same freaking movie and pick good movies. That's my little uh that's my little pedestal today. Ethan, I, listen, we got some feedback that we shouldn't do toothpaste and orange juice at just random times during the episode, but I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to freaking do it because I'm pissed. Okay. Tell me what you're pissed about because I don't have anything. Oh my God. Ugh. I'm Ethan. I'm something I haven't been in a long time. What is that, Tyler? I'm sick. Well, that sucks. I'm sick. This is utter Fortnite. Borderlands 2. Do you know what it's like to be sick? I've been sick before, yeah. No, Ethan, this is some... Borderlands 2. I just went to 7... Fortnite! 11 to get some taquitos and a... Fortnite! Monster. Okay. (laughs) I can't imagine anything that feels better on a sore throat than monster and taquitos. It's the worst thing in the world. Not the I get to my house, it's like 30 degrees and windy and dark outside. Yeah. My house is like a little key key keypad where you punch in the like the code to get in. The battery is dead. So now I'm standing outside in the wind and the cold, no key to my own home. Thank God I've got one in my truck. <laughs> I randomly, like I remembered out of nowhere, there's a key in the console in your truck. So I go out and I get the key and I, I finally make it inside. I haven't been in my house for three days, so it's like 58 degrees in here, which is not <laughs> helping my illness. Because my, my Nest thermostat, shout out Nest, hashtag not sponsored, uh, was like, oh, you, you haven't been here in a few days. Better set the house to icebox feature. <laughs> So then, no, I'm freaking sick and cold and my voice is gone. And at last night, I was trying to watch Ember's New Groove. Thank you, God, for 77 <laughs> minutes of film. If if we had done any other... Let me, let me tell you something, Ethan. Let me... I just got... Give me one second. Okay. Okay. Let me say, if we had reviewed Pokemon the first movie, I would have had to have sat there and watched 18 more minutes of movie. <laughs> and you would have cried. And I would have cried so much. I'm also sick, which sucks. <laughs> I'm not even like proper sick though. Like I can't stay home from work or anything, but I have like a runny nose and a cough. And uh, it's like the man cold. Have you ever heard of the man cold where women you are, are like- You are literally the human portraying embodiment of the man cold right now. You're sitting there going, I'm sick. My nose is running. This doesn't happen to me. Doesn't happen to me. Either. I've been a righteous person. Why is God <laughs> forsaking me here in this wasteland? And here's the worst part about it. My wife is such a trooper. Emily's like pregnant, going through the worst pregnancy of all time. She has morning sickness 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Oh, yeah. She throws up everything oh, yeah. she eats. And now I feel like absolute garbage. And I can't do anything about it. I've still just got to be like, okay, babe, I got all your stuff. I got it right here. Right. Right. Like, I mean, I that's, go- but like, th- I guess at some point, and, and, and female listeners to this show, uh, I know there's a bunch of you, correct us if we're wrong here, but you guys have like, it's it's part of like, like sex ed class in high school, right? Where they, they take you in a room together and they teach you that like, okay, when your man's eventually gets sick, he's going to be fortnighting. Useless. <laughs> 
That is me right because now. Because it's all of us. It's like, I'll, I'll be sitting there just like texting my girlfriend. I have a cold. I'm laying in bed at like, you know, 5.08 p.m. The minute <laughs> right. I get off work, I like run home in my work clothes, like tie still buttoned up, just <laughs> under the covers, freezing. And I'm texting my girlfriend like, this is it. This is the end. Please give me a nice funeral, a great this send off. I've loved my family dearly. This is it. And then, and then, and then your girlfriend or wife, and, my, and then Emily texts me back. She goes, "I've got a fever of 101. I'm trooping through work. I should be home." <laughs> She's such a bad apex right. legends. And I'm like, "Oh man, that sucks." Because guess what? I'm sick, and I'm not right. gonna stop telling you about it. <laughs> and my fever is a solid, a balmy 98.7. 98.7. <laughs> I'll tell you what, this is some toothpaste and orange juice for you here real quick. I have a lower body temperature than most people. Oh, as do I. I'll be real with you. Like my, I, I rock like a, like a 96.9 to like a 97.3 is where I'm comfortable. So like 98.6 back in elementary school, I felt like garbage at 98.6. But the school nurse is so I would like, go, this is, this is the universal standard. I would go All to the school the nurse same. and she'd be like, you're not sick. You're fine. You have a temperature of 98.6. And I'm like, nurse, I'm 10 and I'm dying. <laughs> like, trust me, I do not want to go home. I've got perfect attendance. They're going to give me a fortnighty pizza party. <laughs> I'm just asking for like some ibuprofen or some DayQuil so I can go back to intro to spelling. <laughs> she, for First grade for me. This is a little fun fact Fun uh, fact about me. First grade, I don't know if this is a, an impressive thing or not, but I know that it was a big deal at my school. They were like, we can't find words these kids can't spell. So I had a first grade spelling test that included the words metamorphosis and photosynthesis. Nice. Those were big words. Like, that was like a big deal at my elementary school. I'm sure all of you listening are like, oh, I'm 16 and when I was in first grade, I was dismantling the establishment board by board. I was I was attending rallies, Tyler. I was voting. I was running for local office is what I was doing. But I could spell photosynthesis when I was seven. So I'm pretty freaking proud of it. I also remember, this is a, another step. I remember the teachers being like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> like the teacher didn't know what it meant. And I was like, wow, this is probably a concept I'll never learn about. And then I learned about it in like fourth grade. So I don't know what that says about my first grade teacher. <laughs> I remember when I was in first grade, I was part of the like gifted program. Yeah. Um. So I, for part of the day, I got to go, part of a day, a couple of weeks, a couple days a week, I got to go to like basically do what ended up being SAT prep <laughs> where they would like, I would do like word association and stuff like that, like fancy stuff. And then I would go back to, to regular classes for the rest of the day. And I remember one time uh, I, I went back to my first grade class. Like I, I just got done with my gifted kid stuff. There were like four of us in that group. And I went back to my class and like, I remember I was sitting across from this girl and she was just like, I don't feel good. And then proceeded to immediately just vomit all over the table and in front of me. And she was a girl, she was like, all right, I'm going to keep rocking now. <laughs> no, no, but I remember, I remember sitting there in first grade and being like, I am part of a better class of humans. This is what you get for sending me back to regular kid school. Oh no. I get like vomited. 
it all children, over. The children are learning bad things. Ethan, the child learned bad things. The gifted program is equal evil. I'm, evil. I mean, it kind of is. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I'm not going to say I have unrealistic expectations for myself and that every time I don't immediately, I'm not immediately good at something, I just give up because I'm a failure. <laughs> that definitely wasn't burned into me at the age of 12. Oh, yeah. For, for one, it took me, we had to sing as part of our fraternity in college. And when I wasn't immediately good at it, I was like, I'm just not going to practice this. I'm just, <laughs> well, I remember this, there is no way I'm going to learn so this. When I, after I was finished, elementary school i came over to the county right that's when i met you guys yeah and yeah. you want to see me sketch some cheetahs yeah 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 and and <laughs> yeah 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 totally <laughs> super easy barely an inconvenience <laughs> but no i was like i remember i went to, to talk to them and i was like hey can i get in the gifted program here and they were like no you weren't part of our gifted program in elementary school we can't verify your credentials <laughs> <laughs> i was like what and they're like we put you in we put you in regular english <laughs> did you have miss mahalo yeah she told me santa wasn't real you probably should have known that by sixth grade listen i'm just gonna tell you that straight to your face here's here's the here's the thing i knew i knew oh here we go this story people b <laughs> listeners ye who are listening right now what tyler is about to say is solid fortnighting gold that you need to remember <laughs> the rest of your life wait wait if oh, I, if you're about to say what i think that you're gonna say if i if i don't will you say it yeah absolutely <laughs> i remember sixth grade me because i have no idea how this is solid gold I remember sixth grade me thinking, knowing that Santa wasn't real, but believing that like there was something metaphysical about Christmas, that it was more than just getting gifts in the morning, that it was like, like a big, like if you, if you believed in time with your family and the exchanging of gifts and all that, that like that meant something special. And she just came in and she was like, Santa's not real. It's all a sham. You should know that by now. Screw you guys. Pop. Mic drop. Is this what I was supposed to say? Oh no. I thought you were going to talk about the fact that you thought your dad was the Easter bunny. Oh, back it up. <laughs> like the so, Easter bunny. So yeah, when I was like eight, my dad sat me down and he was like, listen, Tyler, about the Easter bunny. You're getting a little excited about it. I just want to let you know I'm the Easter bunny. And probably from like ages eight to 12. Dead Apex Legends. I was like, my dad is the Easter bunny. Like the... Like, no one else's dad is the Easter My dad, because my dad would, like, write these riddles and send us around the neighborhood. And it wasn't something I ever talked about with my friends because I thought it was, like, a family thing. So I just figured everybody didn't share their, like, what'd you do for Easter? So, like, when somebody said, what'd you do for Easter? And everybody was like, oh, you know, the usual. I thought they meant, like, I went on a, an elaborate sketched <laughs> out hunt. hunt. Like, scavenger hunt for eggs with poems and a freaking trampoline at the end. You know, that's that like I I was sure that that is what people meant when they said the usual. I hope your Mardi Gras was good, Ethan. It's actually right now Mardi Gras. So it is it indeed. I haven't done pretty uneventful. I haven't done much uh, stuff today as we far as Mardi Gras goes. Days from Easter. How do you feel? Great. Holy. Holy. Yes. <laughs> Many holes. Tomorrow when the, the sanctity of Christ descends upon my body. Are you going to the old Ash Wednesday? Probably. Ye old. Ye old Ash Wednesday. Yeah. It wasn't like, and this was like a weird thing that I was like embarrassed about, about my faith when I was young. Is it like, so I, I you know, I grew up Roman Catholic or whatever. So we do the, the like Ash thing. Right. Where they would like pull you out of school. And I was just like, I never wanted to go do that. Cause I was like, kids are going to know. And I'm sitting there in Sunday school. I'm like, they will know us. They will know we are Christians by our love. And then on Wednesday, I'm like, they can't know they're gonna they're gonna laugh at me i was like i was new at the school and i was like i don't want to do this i'm a scared lot of kids did it though yeah yeah i, I know but i was just i don't know it, it was just always this weird like subconscious fear that i couldn't move past i don't know why rebecca sire yeah rebecca sire did it john vitella yep you're naming all the kids i went to church with <laughs>
Yeah, I know these people. Yeah, I remember. I didn't. You want to keep understand. playing this game? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't understand Anna Smith. I didn't understand it. Like, uh, I knew the kids would come back with the ash on their forehead, and I like there was no connecting Easter and that to me. Well, because it it's like, it's oh, forty days out. It's like you're not even <laughs> in the same like. <laughs> Right. There was no connection whatsoever. It, like, I didn't know what Good Friday was or or, uh, or uh, Mardi Gras or Ash was. I didn't know what any of that was. Mardi Gras is always a weird day to me. People on Instagram being like, yeah, I'm at Mardi Gras right now. I was like, that's a thing real people go to? But- yeah, Mardi Gras is a big day here in the States. It's one of those, those holidays that we, as Americans, have just turned into this ridiculous spectacle. We built a whole oh, city around it. We sure did. Like, that and is New Orleans. City of Fred- mascot yeah new orleans is gonna burn to the ground tonight yes and it will be reborn tomorrow yeah that just happens they <laughs> just they part of come it. in at i guess six o'clock in the morning and just hose all the vomit off the streets <laughs> <laughs> new orleans is a wild city uh, we have to get back to every new group pretty yeah soon. we have not um, spoken at all about the movie new orleans is a wild city because like which if you've never been dear listener whatever you're seeing on television about new orleans or whatever hannibal burris is telling you about new orleans is 100 percent real it is like that all day every day yeah it's ridiculous it is the only 65 days a year it is the only city i've ever been to that 100 percent lived up to expectations like it was not surpassed and it was not like underwhelming it was it exactly what you think it would be like, like exactly like when i went to cancun i was like oh my god it's gonna be white sand beaches and i'm gonna see manta rays like from my window it wasn't that i mean it was still white when sand I, beaches i would imagine uh they were sort of yellow when i went to can here's the truth about cancun when i went uh, i was sick for the five days i was there uh, emily was more sick for the five days that we were there and uh, we could have been in a hotel in any warm city because we just didn't leave the hotel i feel like so, you got the super smash brothers the end of the honeymoon stick there no are you kidding me a warm city in the middle of december where i can sleep for five days i'm in <laughs> right but you could have gone to orlando well we could have we uh <laughs> for like actually way less money <laughs> well we we went on uh we were gifted some some travel points so we it actually caused zero money but, i mean for sure uh and it was like travel points built up through business expenses so it was like literally zero dollars yeah i've talked to so many like because i'm pretty much the last person in the entire world to get married um uh, oh my brother's getting married yeah yeah so like i've just heard from so many of my married friends are like for god's sakes do not go out of the country on your honeymoon oh i wouldn't i wouldn't encourage against it i would just you, say you previously gonna, have well i would say if your priority is resort all-inclusive resort it does not matter where you go that is that is what i would say if you're just gonna go sit on a resort then it, it like wherever's cheapest which is probably like the dr yeah well, that's still out of the country and still caribbean right they don't have like sandals tallahassee <laughs> <laughs> you strike me as a cruisy moon kind of guy i do love a cruise man the cruise was a lot of fun the cruise i think is a great honeymoon because like there's no there's no like there's nothing could go wrong well, uh, have you heard of the titanic okay well I, other other than the boat <laughs> sinking but like literally you're never that far away from land and they have more lifeboats than people they learned from the titanic what but like th- there's there's no like you know things don't run late like you don't miss your bus you don't like you know 
the the weather's fine because you're out at sea. It's rad. A cruise is rad, dude. I I enjoyed the cruise. I'm not listen. I'm not disparaging. I would go. I don't know if I would do it for my honeymoon. I have no idea what I'm gonna do on my honeymoon. But I like a cruise is a rad idea. Now I would say that I don't know if it's the ideal honeymoon because like you want I, to me a cruise isn't like a couples thing. It's like you want at least like another. I thought you were saying our honeymoon isn't a couples. No, thing. no, no. And I was like, whoa. No, no, no. A you cruise. have a very warped idea of honeymoon. A, a cruise. <laughs> like you want at least another pair of people with you on the cruise like somebody to like have fun with like an, at least another couple and like you can't get that on your honeymoon nobody brings like up another couple on their honeymoon like hey you guys want to go double on this we are going with you <laughs> emily will be sick the whole time on that boat i hope you're excited i was gonna say i don't think like, the cruise is necessarily the best idea for you and your wifey yeah no um, so speaking of, you know, the Caribbean, that's a good transition to Mesoamerica, which I, as a youth up until we watched it in John Cozart's class, John Cozart, the teacher, not John Cozart, the YouTuber, did not realize like llamas and Cusco and all of that was like a Mesoamerican thing. I think I was just dumb, but we didn't learn that history until. Well, this isn't Mesoamerican. These are the Incans. It says Mesoamerican in the song. Okay. And. So Disney's been right about everything ever. Yes. Okay. I didn't realize that it took place. Well, let me let me tell you about Cusco. In the America. Let me tell you about Cusco, because that's in Peru. Okay. Which is not Mesoamerica. What is Mesoamerica? Like Central America. Like Mexico, Honduras, Guatemala, Panama. Panama. Cusco, I mean, Peru is South America. Like, yeah. that's where the Incans were. That was their city. Cusco was their city. He's an enigma and a mystery, a Mesoamerican history, the quintessence of perfection that is he. Okay, again, Disney has not <laughs> been right about everything ever. Let's talk about Pokemon. Pocahontas real quick. There wasn't a single fact in that movie. No, there wasn't. The villain, our, our college was named after the villain. They, they changed his name for the movie. I know I just told this fact in a recent episode, but maybe you no, John, didn't John Smith was the guy. No, not John Smith, the captain of the ship. Right, but John Smith is the villain, right? I haven't seen Pocahontas in no, John four, Smith 15 is years. The love interest. Is he not also the villain? No. I don't know. No, the villain. I oh, could not God. tell you the last time I've seen Pocahontas. It's been a long time. Ugh. Pocahontas. Well, what did they villain, change his name to? Uh, John Ratcliffe, whose portrayal was based on actual English captains, including John Martin, Christopher Newport, and Edward Maria Wingfield. Uh, Fair. That's so sad. <laughs> Why? Because our college is Christopher Newport University. Right. He was just a ship we captain. He didn't really do anything. Oh, I know. But petition to change it to Pocahontas U. If we're going to be a William and Mary offshoot and they're the freaking tribe, I think Pocahontas Hugh makes sense. Yeah, they're they're also like, getting major Super Smash Brothers for being the tribe. Are they? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Being sick sucks. I can't keep up with William and Mary mascot related drama. I mean, you can. No one's stopping you. No, I can't because I'm sick, Ethan. I can't do anything. I'm useless. <laughs> and my voice is like slurry, even though I like I'm drinking literal like bull piss. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about this movie. <laughs> as long as you're talking about the theme song, let's talk about Tom Jones here for a second. Turned in a solid performance, like a performance of a lifetime as theme song guy. <laughs> Singing the Cusco song See, that has been stuck in my head for 19 years. Here's the thing about theme song guy and Cusco's song. I'm looking at the lyrics right now. I have never known these lyrics. No, I, I have only ever known the... The perfect world begins and ends with me. What's his name? Yeah. Cusco. But every time for the last 19 years that someone's been like, well, in a perfect world, my head has just gone and sang that song. Every time. I don't even know what a despot is. A uh, dictator. Well, it says there are despots and dictators. <laughs> I think despot, uh, 
refers to specifically to evil dictators. Ah. Political manipulators. There are blue bloods with the intellects of fleas. A ruler or other person who holds absolute power, typically one who exercises it in a cruel or oppressive way. Synonyms, tyrant. Oh, it also says there are kings and petty tyrants. Who are so lacking in refinements. Yep, well, whoever wrote this song in Disney just opened a thesaurus and typed in one of these words, <laughs> looked up one of these words and was just like, that one, that one, that one, that one, that one. Look, it rhymes. <laughs> Who knew? Fleas are mentioned more than once in this movie. I didn't know that till just now. Like flea, like the basis of the Red Hot Chili Peppers? No, fleas like, I'll turn him into a flea. A harmless little flea. You know, this movie, it's like a deus ex machina thing. Every single scene. There is no predicting what's going to happen next. Yeah, no. But at the same time, you can predict the whole story from like the first scene. Right, it's like and obviously it's like, he's oh, going Cusco's to... A Fortnite. He's gonna turn. He's gonna turn into a good guy. Yep. He's gonna have a, this this confrontation with like a normal, average, everyday person, and it's gonna turn him into a nice guy. And he's gonna see the will of the people. Yes. And he's not gonna throw old dudes out windows anymore. And he's not gonna build Cusco-topia on top of Pacha's hill. He's gonna maybe build it. Somebody else. He's gonna build it on top of the unoccupied hill. Yep. He doesn't even build it right. He makes like a hand-carved mahogany one. What, what are you kidding me? This hand-carved mahogany. <laughs> Patrick Warburton uh, is one of my favorite actors ever. Patrick Warburton for Superman. Because, like, he plays such... Sometimes he plays just such awful, horrible, mean people, and sometimes he's just this big old goof. Gronk here. Yeah, Gronk here. <laughs> Yzma. Yzma's in your chair. <laughs> squeak, squeaking, squeak, squeaker. <coughs> Weekend. He was born and raised to rule. I like that they, there's a really effective character development when when Cusco's like, let's go back a ways. Whoa, not that far back. But what that scene, that little scene of baby Cusco shows you is that he has always sucked. Like, yeah. You can't even blame it on who he is. He's just always, he's su always like he sucked. He's always sucked. Born yeah. to suck. Yeah, absolutely. I love the scene where he's like monologuing to himself and himself tells himself to shut up. <laughs> he's like, man, just piss off. They watched it. They've seen the whole thing. I think I think because uh, narrator Cusco is like, I, I, here's what I think. I think Lama Cusco there is like, man, I just watched this whole thing back. I might be in the wrong here. Yeah, that's when Cusco is realizing that he he done messed up. He done goofed. Yeah, he done goofed. You can't treat I, everybody horribly for your entire life and expect them to still love you. Right. He was ruling with what, what's it called where people obey your command just because you're the emperor. I, I don't know. What what, don't what know. kind of word are you looking for here? There's lots of terms for that. <laughs> Basically, I, I think there's a really powerful scene that goes often overlooked where she's doing uh, Yzma's doing eulogy for Cusco and, and then she finishes and she's like well he ain't getting any debtor and then the whole kingdom just doesn't care at all and it's just like totally on board with Count Yzma you know like she doesn't have to display any valuable rhetoric of like yeah, Cusco died you should follow me because of this that and the other it's just like I'm the next she, in line right she's not Cusco right and it's just blind faith right and I think that that's important it shows like the 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 masses at least within the capital, so to speak, are just like, whoever it is, I don't care. I just want to take orders. You know, I, I, I've got this right. job. Right. I mean, the only person that's my... ever stood up to him is, is Pacha. Right. Ever. Like my, my job is paint faces on vases, which is a rhyme. It's a rhyme. And it's also a heckin' good time. Okay. Now that we've got a new emperor, I have more work to do. This is very exciting. Right. I get new faces to paint. That's called job security. Right. Yzma, My... probably not going to throw me out a window. Cusco, threw me out a window. Like, right. like the chances of that happening again, pretty slim. I'm, pretty slim. I, I, fa faces on vases guy, he's got it made under the new regime. <laughs> he's like, this is, my life's work is stenciled 
faces on vases. Right. Like, he was, you know, at first he was bummed because Cuscotopia wasn't going to get built. So, obviously, he would need vases for that. So, like, there's there's a big contract out the window. But then, voila, new emperor comes in. Whole new face. Whole new face. So many vases. So many vases. Whole new face. And there's, like, a new fantastic way to that view. Need, that need lots of faces on them. So, like, you know, you've just got these lemmings. Who well, that's like, what we don't talk about enough is is job creation <laughs> under dictatorship, specifically during times of turmoil and the change of rule in Disney movies. That's what we're not spending enough time talking about here. You know, I feel like uh, when Anna leaves, there's wood stacking guy, wood stacking the other way guy, glog guy. Uh, when 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 Elsa comes to power, there's catering staff, eight thousand salad plates. You got some staff yeah, ready seriously. to go. Who knew we had eight thousand? I'd still take issue with this line in this song. I don't care how big your house and or palace is. If you have eight thousand salad plates, you know. You know. You, are, you know. You have. You have salad Anna, plate. You're the problems. only one that walks around this house. You've never been in the kitchen, but like, holy Super Smash Brothers. There's salad plates everywhere. Yeah. Good lord, how many regular plates do we have? What about chargers? <laughs> right. <laughs> do we have 8,000 salad forks? Yeah. We need more. Yeah. Because most salad forks match an entree fork yeah. these days. Yeah. What about the little shrimp forks? What about the dessert forks? What about the freaking teacups and saucers? You've just got a whole separate castle full of flatware. Like, Anna, you would notice. <laughs> you would Eight thousand. There's not eight thousand people in this city, right? We we live in like feudal Austria. <laughs> there, whatever Norway, <laughs> whatever. That's less people. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Arendelle has got to have like what? Right. There's other five hundred people. There's plenty of other kingdoms too that are like all over the place. You go over the hill. There's another kingdom. That's how it worked back then. Oh my gosh. She was oh. Who knew we had 8,000 salads? Although, I'll tell you, the people of Arendelle were probably pretty jazzed. They're like, we have a consistent climate now. We know exactly what to do all year round. Then she comes back and it's like, oh, we got summer again. Oh, crap. crap. Now there's fall. Yeah. Now we have a whole harvest thing to worry about again. The whole ice cutting business is just down the toilet. That's back. What? No. Yeah, they didn't need ice cutters when it was eternal winter. Oh, yeah, true. They had more ice to cut. Yeah, but they did, like, you didn't need ice in your home. Yoo-hoo, make some of not. Oh, Hugo. I could use some Hugo. I just started a freaking nine day stretch at my job. No complaint. I don't dislike work. Uh, but it is a long number of days to go in a row. And now I'm sick. And you're not gonna Ugh. get you're not gonna get well until you're done working that nine day stretch is the problem. <laughs> right. Like I, I I don't have an R and R day. Right. Of just like Oh man, well Saturday I'm gonna do nope, I'm working. Okay, well Sunday right. I'm I gonna do no nope, working. <laughs> Oh, and here's the here's the kicker. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm working. Thursday, I'm flying to Georgia for a wedding. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> but Captain Marvel comes out during this nine day stretch. Captain so Marvel does come out. I'm very excited for Captain Marvel to come out. Very excited. I don't. I don't listen. Captain Marvel's a one. I haven't even seen it, but you have to go see it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a one just for that that literally that one photo of Brie Larson standing backwards in front of the giant poster of Brie Larson. Yeah, that's all that she's matters. Looking, that's all that she's matters. looking for the section marked the Clash at Demon Head. Right. It's like th she she is the female superhero icon that 
Gal Gadot has never been. Whoa, already. Be nice to Gal Gadot. Yeah, but Gal Gadot hasn't. He, she hasn't. She hasn't lived the Wonder Woman life. Like, she, yeah, I agree. She's not you. like empowering people the way Brie Larson is, and that's sad because I think Gal Gadot could. I'm sure she could. It's just it's literally just a different publicity team that doesn't care about its fans. Yeah, the DC people have a problem. Yeah, there's a there's a like like the fact that Jason Momoa isn't just out like appearing as Aquaman in public. He he probably is if I know Jason Momoa, but like. Currently, we don't have a Superman or a Batman, and Ezra Miller is Credence, so it's like... Right. He like, hasn't gotten a movie you... as The Flash. Right. I think I, I do think DC does a much better job with their TV show characters. Uh, I think those guys go to every convention and meet with every fan, sign everything. So do all of the Marvel people. No, they go to, like, big ones. Like, the cast of Arrow, obviously not nearly as big as, like, the cast of the Avengers. You know, it's, it's a CW TV show versus the Fortnite Avengers. Uh, right, but you can't you can't sit here and tell me that, like, Robert Downey Jr. has not completely just been Iron Man for the last 11 years. Oh, he totally has. No, I'm totally with that. All I'm saying is, like, it is easier for me, a fan, to meet Stephen Amell than Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, probably. That's all I'm saying. That's that's the whole thing I'm saying. I mean, I'm I'm with you there, but like I still don't <laughs> think that they have done as good of a job as any of the Marvel people, even if they're at a bunch of cons. Yeah. I also don't know how I feel about con. I will say just a little update on Tyler's feelings towards PodCon. I don't think I knew how to take in what I was experiencing while we were there, but I look back on it with the rosiest of colored glasses. Right, absolutely. It, it was, I would totally do it again. Yeah, absolutely. Like, at, when at we, the by time, the time we I were didn't... done, I was like, I don't know if I'd ever do this again. But then like you come back into real life and you're like, I'm not at PodCon right, right now. <laughs> like, and like I, This life sucks. The, I would say the stuff I discovered <laughs> that I should have been paying attention to any, anyway at PodCon has done nothing but improve my quality of life yeah like i love the mcelroy brothers i love the mcelroy brothers i do notice i can only take my brother my brother and me in a few episodes at a time nope i could i have been listening to nothing but I, i've actually stopped listening to my bim bam and started listening to the adventure zone which is their DD podcast oh i didn't know they had that it is hilarious because it's it's the three of them and their dad oh their dad's funny their dad's funny um and like yeah. griffin's the dm and he's just irritated the entire time at their shenanigans because all they do is Fortnite. his stories up <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time the at the same time I'm like I'm at the end of the first like arc or whatever and they've just strung together this incredible story for like 55 episodes well if you are a talented DM DM us to our email baconandeggsmedia@gmail.com. we would be curious with chatting with you yeah we're we're currently in search of a DM for reasons yes no guarantee that they're podcast related reasons. nope yeah no guarantee but we we all really <laughs> want to play D&D &D. <laughs> And, and there may be a podcast that comes out of there it. There may be. We'll figure it out. May, but there also may not be. Yeah. We'll talk. Anyway, if you're a DM, let's talk. But anyway, yeah, the, the, the McElroy's have had nothing but a positive impact on my overall just like existence level but so has like existing in that room oh for and sure that's what i'm saying it's just like everything has you know, has come back around and just the, the memories that i made that i didn't even know would like i'm still laughing at one question with a leg or frank to this <laughs> to I. this moment yeah that's a podcast if you haven't listened to one question with a leg or frank if you have 12 minutes of free time go download it it is amazing uh they're about halfway through the first season right now ha wait there's more episodes oh they're, well, they're, they're posting out. weekly yeah <laughs> oh <laughs> Arnie yeah. Knee Camp, how are you? I'm pretty good. 
That's a great show too. Hello from the Magic Tavern, great show. Hello from the Magic Tavern is amazing. It's a great show. I had no idea what it was. I knew of it because it's one of those things that like you can't exist in the pod sphere without like hearing that name, even if I never listened to it. And like the the concept for you guys out there who haven't listened to it is Arnie Niekamp is a regular dude that fell in a multi-dimensional portal behind a Burger King and is now like in this fantasy world. And he's just like And he makes a podcast and just like interviews fantasy characters. It's hilarious. It's absolutely hysterical because he's just like he's a regular guy he's just arnie knee camp uh. but yeah podcon i i would love to go back if if anybody who works for podcon is listening we would love to go back as as creators and do a thing we will do anything. some sort of thing anything i'll be on whatever panel you want i don't even like i will do anything <laughs> Anyway, let's talk uh, about the Emperor's new groove. Um, let me tell you, I have always loved this movie. Same. And and here's the thing. I think when I watched it with a critical eye, I think we hold animated films to too high of a standard. Because this is amazing. And from a critical perspective, like it's not interstellar. It's not <laughs> Right. It is like it is an okay movie that I love for reasons that I don't even know that I could explain. Right. Like we we are being way too critical of early I would say I would say pre Pixar era which I know Toy Story had come out already but you know what I mean you're saying we're being too critical in these movies well no I think it's good that we the community is being too critical although I guess we give everything a pass like little mermaid we're like yeah that was great a thingamabob? I've got 30. I think you're the, we're being too not critical is what you're looking for. No, no. I think we should forgive all the things that are like... We forgive everything. We exactly forgive everything. We should we should continue to do such. I, I, I think that we should hold these movies to a higher standard. They should be as good as Interstellar? I, if, if they're going to be considered as good, I think they should be as good. But I have, you know, clearly my own issues with where we ranked that movie. <laughs> I'm giving you points here. I'm telling you. Okay. I'm telling... Whatever. I love this movie. I think it's hilarious. I think the random nature of the things that go on in it are brilliant. I think the pacing is wonderful. There's no moment where you're like, oh, this is dragging on. And when it's over, you're not like, wow, that was a quick 78 minutes. It feels like a full feature length film, which I think is good. Even though I think... I mean, I think genuinely too short to be considered a feature length film. Well, it it wasn't. It it was a feature length film. It it got... Released in theaters. I, I understand yeah. that, <laughs> but it just seems like that seems so short to me. Okay, so what what defines feature length? I think it's sixty minutes. I just watched a okay more than forty minutes for the Academy. Really? Yeah. And I really think that only comes into effect when you're talking about like documentaries. Like what 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 the difference between a short film and a feature length film is? Right. Yeah. Because yeah. like your average short film is you know fifteen to thirty minutes. I would say shorter than that. Well, I'm not talking about like Pixar short. I'm talking about like you know your average like I made a short film. It's like it's if between ten and thirty minutes. Yeah, I, I I can agree with that. Um, I think Pixar has has nailed this whole like you know three minute storytelling thing. However I long they're, they're longer sh- than that. I don't know. Yeah, they're longer than that. Whatever. Stop disagreeing with me. Okay, I just you get what I'm saying know. though. I don't have the exact figures yeah. in front of me, but like they they've they've nailed short form storytelling. But like yeah, your average short film is is. You know, less than 40 minutes. That makes sense to me. I watched a long feature documentary the other day. I, you you told me yeah. you were trying to get into long form documentary. That's a that's a genre a lot of people like. A lot of a people lot like, yeah. A lot more than I would have thought. Yeah, because yeah. um, people were talking about them. And so I watched Free Solo. 
uh, which that was the Oscar. That winner. was the Oscar winner. Yeah, it was really, yeah. really good. Um, and I, I, I love documentaries. I know we're just back off topic again, but I always forget how much I love documentaries, especially documentaries that focus on somebody because like the guy that is the subject of Free Solo is a Fortnite. Really? He's just like, yeah, he's cool. He's incredible. You know, he's this, this crazy rock climber guy, but like he also just has no emotions whatsoever. Right. And, I don't think you can and, if you, if you free climb the way that he does. Right. And his girlfriend was like, are you going to care? Like, are you even worried about how I'm going to feel if you die? And he was like, nope. I don't think you can. And yeah. And it's just so wild that like, cause you don't get that. You, that, that doesn't happen in fiction. Like you don't, you don't make characters like that. They're completely unsympathetic and you can't relate to them at all. Right. But it's like, this dude's a real person. So it was wild. It was a really good movie. Um, but I've been trying to get into documentaries because I can't get into memoirs. I can't do it. Like everybody. And it happens all the time in our discord. People are like, what are your favorite memoirs? And everybody's like, oh, I've got 27 that I love. I'm like, I've tried so many of these books. I can't get into it. So I, I think that I can get in documentaries more than I can get into. Uh, I've been trying to expand my like nonfiction horizon there a little bit. Now, what is the difference between a memoir and like a nonfiction self-help? Um, anymore, almost nothing. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Then I like memoir. (laughs) Like the, 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 the self-help books are, I think, and, and a lot of the, like, the, like, business books are supposed to be less personal. Like, it's not really supposed to matter who wrote them. See, that's, that. I, I'm very picky with my, oh, not very picky. I'll I'll read just about anything, but like with self-help, I need it, like, especially with business stuff. I need it to go past the sale and understand that I've already paid $12 for this book and not try to sell me something in the book. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And uh, I feel like that's pretty rare. Like, like my probably my favorite self help book is Living with a Seal by Jesse Itzler. See that's, though, that's that, like that's a that's that's a memoir though. Right, but it's about like how transforming your life to be more hardcore in the things that you do and push your limits can help you succeed in business and in family and in you know physical health. Right, and- but that matters. That book matters because it's Jesse Itzler that wrote it. Right, and it's Jesse Itzler that wrote it, and he's a billionaire that went from, like, small-town white rapper to selling jet cards and owning the Hawks. Right. Right, so yeah, that's where that that's where that difference lies. Like, like, uh, girl, wash your face. That book that everybody's reading right now, or has that's been a good reading. book. Anyway, that is written by Rachel Hollis, who is the girl that wrote "Girl, Wash Your Face." Wasn't that she's a YouTuber? Is she? Yeah, that's her thing. I don't think so. Yeah. How many subs does she have? Because this is not a YouTuber I'm even familiar with. She barely has a Wikipedia page, even though she's got like a best-selling novel. About a hundred thousand. So no, she's not really a YouTuber. That's not well, her. Jo- that's she's an author. That's her job title. That's what I, I'm. That's I'll what I'm getting at. With I it. I would have thought she had more subs. Than she probably has a hundred thousand subs because she's the girl that wrote "Girl, Wash Your Face." Uh, I'm sure that it helped, but I know that when the book came out, this is the same with John Green. When the book came out, her YouTube presence did not hurt her book sales. Like if you could sell, you know, fifty thousand copies of your book and get on the bestseller list because you have seventy thousand YouTube subscribers, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Well, it sold eight hundred eighty thousand copies. Okay. So yeah, she's definitely. Sold more copies but this is this is what i'm getting at you're you're being pedantic about the difference here and i'm just trying to explain to you the difference like this book is a book that does not matter who wrote it living with a seal is a book that matters who wrote it that is a memoir yes. the other one is self-help that's as far as i know the difference i would have thought just just for the record on that point i would have thought based on the people the way people talk about rachel hollis that she was like a three million sub type person that's not my point though like that that's not what i'm saying whatever i could pick right. a different example there's plenty well no your example works because she's not what i thought she was right um whereas like you know aziz ansari's book modern romance matters because he's aziz ansari amy poehler's book matters because she's amy poehler right and that's just that is a subset of fiction that i can or i mean subset of of literature that i cannot get into is like white celebrities talking about how they're famous 
That's why I like living with the seal though, because it's not about that. It's about, I'm a white celebrity who decided to hire a Navy seal. Well, to... uh, living with the seal, I would talk about it being a different subset of books that I don't think actually exists, but I think it should, which is how to be rich by rich people. I'm sure Mark Cuban's written a few of those. He definitely has. <laughs> I'm not a big Mark Cuban fan. I was watching Shark Tank the other day. Not a big. I don't. I don't think Cuban's the guy. I mean, he's the he's the shark. He's the backer. Like he has more money than those other dudes and women combined, like forty times over. Does he really? He's got way more money than those people. Real? I did not yeah. know that. They oftentimes have uh, Jesse Itzler's wife on that show, whom I also love, Sarah Blakely. Okay. Creator of Spanx. Nice. I just think she's a fascinating person. But like, The Power of Zero was written by David McKnight, who is the guy that wrote the power of zero right so like there's there's a whole there's there's a difference there it's like people that are famous because they wrote a book that got the famous and then people that wrote a book because they were famous yes what's his name Cusco. i would not read a book by david spade straight up <laughs> i would not like david spade what let's talk about david spade's career real, real this quick. is the best oh, thing that you. david spade has ever done this movie is this is this better than the donkey eddie murphy yes i would agree i would agree because he doesn't play like he cusco's the main character cusco is shrek yeah. pacha is donkey a cronk yeah. cronk is donkey he's the like slapstick comedic relief guy donkey that's a if you go back and rewatch shrek that's a very well done character those are very well done movies just it full stop like yeah no i, I would agree i just feel like and the donkey from shrek gets plenty of praise within the shrek community um but i feel like we're sleeping on this as a supporting character in a major animated film actually just in a film in general but like this is this is better than everything else david spade has ever done married with children tommy boy married with children is that right i don't think david spade was on married with children what am i thinking of that's not what he it was is. on rules what of engagement I... rules me rules of okay, engagement that's... is actually a pretty funny show but that's also him and patrick warburton like so it works R- married with children was uh uh ed o'neill Okay, rules of engagement and married with children. Those are those are you can see how I got those definitely, titles. Definitely. Definitely. But I mean, I haven't also never watched Married with Children, so like it could have been true. I just Hold on. You got to remember Joe Dirt. Joe Dirt wasn't funny. You know, I agree. Joe with Dirt you. wasn't actually, funny. Like Joe Dirt was not excellent. I remember people. a lot of people talk about Joe Dirt like it's the funniest movie of all time. Probably because they have some familiar, familial nostalgia tied to it. That's what I'm going to chalk your love of Joe Dirt up to. Because I can understand why like a 10 year old would think Joe Dirt's hilarious. Joe Dirt is not a funny movie. Yeah, I've never really been one for white trash comedy. No, me neither. And I feel bad about that. I feel like I should. I just, it's not for me. And like Joe Dirt is, if we're going to, if we're going to compare them. Joe Dirt is the like, the Larry the Cable guy of the blue collar comedy tour of life like i like larry the cable guy i hate larry the cable guy Get her down. he's the worst of those four people you know i love bill i love jeff there's no denying that and i love ron i just want him to write a new joke who ron white he's got plenty of jokes he's got more jokes than the other guys no he doesn't. yes he does we was on a pack of gum with wings he told the same i think three of the jokes he told were in every single blue collar comedy tour they weren't. You are you are misremembering. Ron White. Yeah, Ron White's Hater the only one. Tot. Ron White's the only one with any originality. He's the only one that doesn't have like a a shtick. Bill Engvall doesn't have a shtick. Yes, shtick. he does. What's Bill Engvall's shtick? He does the here's your sign thing. Oh yeah, here's your sign. Which they're funny. It's it, for me. It's Ron White, Bill Engvall, Jeff Foxworthy, Larry the Cable Guy. In that order. You know, there was there was a time when Jeff Foxworthy was the highest paid comedian in the world. I believe it. Every single because NASCAR has a a lot of following, and he's the exact same subset of people yeah, people that people that love nascar 
that that dip people that, that go hunting every morning they love Jeff Foxworthy. You know what's weird? He doesn't strike me as the type of guy that does any of I that. I don't think he does. I think that he just got lucky with that you might be a redneck thing. Do you think he still does that on tour? I'm certain. You, you, you got kind of like yeah. You got to. That's like don't stop. Believing. Yeah, you got to play like, your hits, like man. You got to f- journey. You got to feed the like, machine. <laughs> like right. You're a you're a one hit comedy wonder, Jeff Foxworthy. You don't get other jokes. His other jokes are good though. They are. They are. They definitely are. I've, I've always been a Jeff guy. Uh, it's, and it's like there's plenty of comedians that get Bill remembered. Bill was my favorite from them though. I I like Bill Ingvall. He actually had a pretty funny TV show. I think it was considered the worst. No, Jeff Foxworthy was yeah. the worst television show of all. Yeah, time. Yeah, no, no. But he and then Jeff Foxworthy did. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? What a smart idea. Um, yeah, what a game show, man. Just make adults feel bad about themselves and make kids think that they're superheroes. For knowing SOLs. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, like, and, and there's plenty of comedians that get remembered. Like, like Jerry Seinfeld's the guy from B-Movie. Like, to a lot of people. To a lot of people. He's just the guy that's like, What's the deal with airlines? Yeah, he just talks like a sim, and that's what people expect. I would not see... I don't like David Spade. Okay, I'm just going to be straight up with you. I've I've never much liked David Spade outside of this movie. There's never been a single David Spade part that I thought could not have been done better by anybody else. Uh, Even Joe Dirt. Who is Griffin? What? David Spade voices Griffin in Hotel Transylvania. But I don't know. I've never seen any of those movies. They're not the worst movies, if I'm being 100% real with Those struck me as, like, kids' movies. Yeah, they're literally for children. Yeah. Like, like... You know, Minions, Boss Baby, like yeah. four. Children. I just say yeah, I have no interest in watching those movies. Uh, Grown Ups. He was in Grown Ups too. Those, with, those are uh, bad. Those are bad movies. With, uh, you know who's in Grown Ups? Adam Sandler, Kevin James, lots of people. Jimmy Tatro. Jimmy Tatro. Yep. That's I, I knew you were getting for. there eventually. Yep. <laughs> um. Uh, I'm looking at just other roles. Who's in. Tommy Boy was uh, very David Spade, very perfect for David Spade. I know you don't like Tommy Boy. That's you have to understand. You have to accept that you are in the minority there. I I, I get that. I've just never I've never gotten that. And that and it's been uh I don't know 24 years of people telling me I look like Chris Farley and being like see the fat man in a little coat thing. <laughs> that guy. In- Little coat. And is that for me, Dad? No, son. So that's one of those things that, like, that's for me. I was just pretty over that movie pretty early on. Oh, dude, you know David Spade's best role, Police Academy 4. You can't, you cannot lie to me and pretend you've ever seen a Police Academy movie. I, I've seen the first I refuse one. to believe I've that. I've seen the first one. I don't believe you. I could not tell you the plot. I don't but believe I know, you. <laughs> I know it has been on in a room for the amount of time that I was in that room. <laughs> Anyway, this is this is David Spade's best role, like far and away. This is David Spade's best movie. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Because I don't, I don't know a whole lot of people that would say that Tommy Boy is better than The Emperor's New Groove. Like, like pedal to the metal, kind of like you got to decide. I think people are going to say Emperor's New Groove. I would agree. Uh, yeah, I would say this is this is best role for me. It's not John Goodman's best role. John it's Goodman. probably not Patrick Warburton's best role, but it's close. I don't know. Kronk to me is what made Patrick Warburton what he is. That may be. I would say you know, Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Yeah, he was David Putty, the Devil's fan. Really? Yeah. And he, he dated uh, it, it, Elaine. That's the thing, though, is like, is is live action Patrick Warburton and animated Patrick Warburton are different people. Yeah, he's in a series of unfortunate events. He's Lemony Snicket, right? Yes, I guess. I think so. What a he's weird, the narrator. Yeah, what a weird casting. He's perfect. Yes. He's per- just like, does the absolute deadpan, like, just stare directly in the camera and just like, the Baudelaire orphans. Really unfortunate what happened to them. <laughs> oh. God. Their whole family oh. lost in a fire. Just horrible. He's the he's the villain temporarily in Tales from the Borderlands. 
Is he, he really? He is, yeah. It's like, and, and that's the thing, is Patrick Warburton is such a, a recognizable character in anything he's in. Like, he, you can't disguise that voice. No. So, you, you, you know, he walks in, and, and the, the villain's just like, Reese. What's going on, buddy? I'm like, that's Patrick Warburton. <laughs> Patrick Warburton, what do you know? Oh, man. I've never played Tales from the Borderlands. I've played uh, 1, 2, and a pre-sequel, but uh, not Tales. Tales from Borderlands is great. It's, it's uh, you know, it's one of those Telltale games, which are always fun. I've, I've never played They're one. good. Well, they're, they don't exist anymore. Um, that company went out of business. Well, it's probably because I never played them. It's probably because you never played them, and most people didn't. But they were a lot of fun. Um, I, I quite liked Tales from the Borderlands. It was a good time. Uh, if it's ever on a Steam sale, I'd recommend picking it up, spending a couple hours with it. You know what I love? Borderlands. 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 Borderlands, the pre-sequel. Anyway, yeah, Patrick Warburton, I, I, Kronk is a great role. Like, Kronk is most, at least a large part of what makes this movie great. Yeah. Like, when Kronk's got the bag slung over his shoulder, and he's singing his own theme music. Yeah, and he's flat against the wall, like looking at the people as they walk by. And it zooms out, and all the all the arrows are, or all the people are pointing at him. Yeah, yeah, just a legendary kid. Goose goes boy. The poison specially made for Cusco. Goose goes poison. Right. That poison. Yes, that poison. Isma's in your chair. <laughs> oh man. Crunk! Crunk here. Crunk here. Squeakity squeaking uh, squeakers. Oh, man. And he just, he drops right into the role of being the chef. I, he's just like, it's such good writing for this character. Because you're, you're, he's a villain. I mean, he's like, he's the villain's henchman. He's You're rooting for him. Right. You're like, yeah, I don't want Cusco to like die but like i also want kronk to get what kronk wants out of the world like what a great character it's you know it, it teaches young kids to sympathize with the the kind of offhanded people in their life right and it was like kronk is also just there to do a job like kuzco even says she gets a new henchman every 10 years or so i'm picturing like a you apply for a job yeah. which is not even a job it's like a it's implied that he's like a lover i wouldn't have gotten that well the only there's that line when they're at dinner and kuzco's like he's what in his late 20s and she's like like, I don't know. I think that, like, I think that Krog probably had something to say about that, if he even knew about it. I think that may have been the implication from her end, but I can't see Kronk being about that. Oh, yeah, no, I think it was like a, uh... But yeah, I'm just imagining Kronk going down to the, you know, the local posting board and seeing job. Oh, henchman. I, big man, need apply. I can take care of this one. Yeah, I'm a 61 long and a 31 waist. <laughs> That's true. He is is a very skinny waist. Yeah, that's skinnier than my waist. Yeah, I mean, Kronk's also probably four feet wider than you up top. (laughs) 61? What? He's 61 inches, right? That's what he says? That would be his his inseam, though, right? I don't know. Is he saying he wears a 61 long? Oh, that's his his jacket size? 40. I don't know. Oh, I didn't think about that. Kronk dimensions. I wear a 66 long and a 31 waist. Yeah, so he's he's a wide boy. Yeah, 66 is his chest. Yeah. <laughs> for those of you trying to shop for Tyler or, or just need a frame of reference because you've never bought grown man's clothing, uh, I wear a 42 regular. So cron- that, that's inches. That's inches in your bust. I guess women probably are aware of those numbers uh so that means Kronk is uh, like over a foot wider than me yeah yeah <laughs> he's exactly two feet wider than me uh well i mean it's not it's not inches across tyler it's it's round right you're you're not 42 inches wide no i get that okay but like yeah, yeah. the 31 waist yeah and you can clearly see that from from Kronk's silhouette that he's you know trim at the waist yes he's very he's, very thin he's he's shoulder heavy 
He's, he's literally Johnny Bravo. Yeah. Not Throw the monkey with me. Not quite that bad. Johnny Bravo was a ridiculous looking character. That hair though. Just legendary status. They predicted that one. What that hair would be that, in. That hair would be in in 2019. So what's your favorite part of this movie? I really like the the chase at the end, basically starting from Yzma and Kronk being locked. No, even before that. When, when they're going up the hill, Pacha and Kuzco, and they're like, and the, the people in the village are like, oh, your relatives are here. And they're like, how would you describe this woman? And he was like, well, I don't know, scary beyond all reason. Yeah, that was a good callback joke. They, this movie was full of that. There was a lot of that. Which is a lot of callbacks for a movie that's like very not short. Even callback yeah. long. Yeah. This is very, such very a. Short. It's. I mean, I know it's Disney, but this is such like a not Disney movie. You no, know, I did. I don't think. I mean, I knew it was Density because at the beginning it's got the Disney logo, but like it doesn't play like a Disney movie. No, you know, it's. It, there's no princess. There's no. I would have thought that this was an exceptionally good DreamWorks movie. Like Eldorado. Yeah, like I could have accepted that. Yeah. Because it's got a lot of the, si- the a lot of similar time. humor. Yeah. And like the two fast talking guys that know what each other what each other are gonna say. They could finish each other's sandwiches. Yeah. Oh. Let's go. Oh. You in that song. <laughs> Stuck in my head. Tom Jones will do that to you. I know, man. It's not, it's not unusual, unusual to be loved to be by loved anyone. By anyone. But na 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 Not unusual. Have fun. Anyone. I don't know the rest of that. I was just I was listening to a bunch of Tom Jones recently. I can't remember why. Somebody near you mentioned John Mulaney. That was the end. What? He's got that joke about Tom Jones. I don't know that I know that one. Oh, it's the what's that pussycat joke? Oh, is that Mulaney? Yeah. Ah, yeah. Then I do know that one. Yeah. I'm personally ready for John Mulaney to go away for a little bit. Just for a little bit. Just for a little bit. So I can go back to like finding him funny and not being beat over the head with John Mulaney. You know, you know... On the topic of comedians who have gotten a little too big for their britches, why does everybody hate Dane Cook? Uh, I have no idea. I love Dane did Cook. He do, if he did something, I'm fine. I don't think so. He's just gotten nickelbacked. Yeah, he got nickelbacked hard, man. I know we've talked about Vicious Circle on this podcast before. It's all coming back to me. But uh, that is a great comedy album, probably. I haven't listened to it since I was young. I listened to it hilarious. pretty recently, actually. It is still hilarious. And he was in he was a he was in good movies. Good luck, Chuck is not a bad film. Waiting is not a bad film. Dan in Real Life, not a bad film. Employee of the Month, not a bad film. Those are all good movies. He was the second comedian to sell out Madison Square Garden. Behind Andrew Dice Clay. I don't even know who that is. He's a comedian. Oh, wow. Thanks, man. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate you telling me that. I feel like I'm pretty in the know when it comes to comedians. Hey, he was, I, he I, was I before your time. Before my time. Yeah. I've listened to Carlin, Cosby. Yeah, but that wasn't your time. Like, No, yeah, you're right. Those are, th- there's, those are all pretty big names. There's understandable misses there. Yeah. Comedy's not like... Uh... Dude, I speaking of which, I remember being so upset, man. I was a little kid, right? And George Carlin came to play the Roanoke Civic Center, and he was all over the, the, the front page of the paper, right? Yeah. And... My parents wouldn't let me go with them, and I was understandably, uh, they, that was an understandable thing, because I was like five, um, and I didn't really right. know who Judge Carlin was. He was just Mr. Conductor from Thomas the Tank Engine. No, he was Mr. Apex Legends. What? Seven words you can't say on the radio. Oh, yeah, but I, I didn't know that. Right. Um, and so you were like, I want to And I was like, yeah, mom, mom wouldn't let me go see Mr. Conductor. I didn't understand he was a comedian. I didn't know what comedian was. Right. I was five. <laughs> I watched Thomas the Tank Engine. Right. And she went without you. Yeah, she went without me. I was like, what the hell? Huh? <laughs> you know, I bet he didn't even mention that that night. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> I remember growing up, this is just a little tidbit. I just want to, if you'll allow, Sesame Street used to come to the Roanoke Civic Center yeah. before it was the Berlin Center. And I would go, but I remember when I went and I would get the, uh, you could get a little, it was like a flashlight, only instead of having a, a like a useful glass pane on the end, it just had Big Bird on the end. Yeah. Right. And you could like click it on and then lit, Big yeah, Bird Big would light, light up. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I, this was like my favorite piece of carnival toy. 
or whatever, whatever you want to call it. My, my favorite piece of memorabilia of anything ever. Like I didn't care about anything as long as I got my light up big bird. Interesting. But that's not even where I'm going with this. Just if you're a listener and you're like, man, I wonder if Tyler would like a light up big bird toy. I would, that would be like such a nice nostalgic gift. You can send it to PO box 3025 Roanoke, Virginia 24015. There's a, uh, you, if you forgot what I just said, it's in the description of this episode. Except anyway. Tyler's allergic to nostalgia, so don't send that. I'm not allergic to nostalgia. I love the Emperor's New Groove almost entirely because of nostalgia. Like, there were jokes when I watched it yesterday where I was like, mm, that's not really actually that funny. But I've laughed at this joke every time since I was like, how old was I? Eight. So, uh, I've been laughing out. Uh, but I remember the Roanoke Civic Center going to this show, the Sesame Street Live, and I remember the Roanoke Civic Center being like the size of Madison Square Garden in my book. Oh, yeah, definitely. It was humongous. The biggest place ever. Right. Like, But I also went to like Monster Jam, but because of Monster Monster Jam, there's monster trucks. The room feels much smaller. I disagree with that. I still think it's wild that they're able to have Monster Jam in a room the size of the Civic Center. Oh, I know. It's, it's so small. How do they get monster <laughs> trucks? Like, there's not enough room for them to drive around. I mean, it is, but like... There's not enough room for them to drive in. Yeah, I don't know how they get... I mean, obviously... Yeah, there, there is. is. I don't really know how they get them in there, but they gotta do it monster somehow. Monster Jam's awesome. I'm sure that Gravedigger comes apart in several pieces. Gravedigger. That's really loud. When you dig my grave, would you make it shallow? Oh, yeah. Adv- the Advanced Auto Parts Monster Jam would come around like 18 times a year because advance was the only like fortune 10 company based in roanoke yeah and And so it was just like all the time it's just like the advance auto parts monster jam sunday 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 we'll sell kids get in free kids get in free we'll sell you the whole seat but you'll only need the edge featuring (laughs) grave digger I never saw Grave Digger when I was a kid. I didn't uh, either. I saw Grave Digger when I was older. Grave Digger, they can never book Gravekeeper, Grave Digger, for Rona. Yeah. When, when we it was a kid. big name monster truck. Big name monster truck. Well, we can see like Bigfoot and, and those. Uh, Grave Digger's still out there, North Carolina. Well, I mean, it's not like it's not like it's a person. It's a truck. No, I know. Like, <laughs> right, but the brand is still yeah. out there. <laughs> you don't have to like, you know, Grave Digger can't die. Well, I mean, it could. They could just be like, all right, we're not doing this anymore. I mean, they could, yeah, but it's not like, oh my God, Grave Digger had a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> Cars isn't real. Right. Uh, yeah, there was a person inside those vehicles. They would do some wild stuff at Monster Jam. Oh, yeah. They would, like, get out of the truck yeah. while they were driving yeah. it. Monster Jam is wild, and it's so loud. It is so loud. Oh, totally unnecessary. Yeah. Bunch of big block V8s roaring up inside a small room. <laughs> oh, man. You know, it, it, it really makes you think about cars and like any car would be loud if you were like in your living room right. <laughs> and you were just revving it up without a muffler. Right. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Back to the Bacon and Eggs and Movie Lovers podcast where Tyler and Ethan make engine noises. <laughs> <laughs> we're discussing Foley sound design with Tyler and Ethan where we do all of the sound design with our mouths. <laughs> Uh, this is a this is a garden hose rattling. Hey Tyler, you got a you got a you got a money zone for me this week, or you got a potato money zone? No, 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 no. A potato zone? Potatoes? Actually, it's not the potato zone this week. Uh, but it's where the potato zone came from. So bacon and eggs, while supported by Be Positive, our new clothing line on Teespring, is also supported primarily by Patreon. So Patreon is this amazing service where you can go in and you can support your favorite creators with a monthly donation for no reward or if you'd like to support us for a variety of different options starting at the three dollar level you get access to our private discord server now discord uh just gonna explain lots 
lots of things to you. Uh, so Patreon, voluntary subscription service. Discord is a chat room that Ethan and I hang out in every single day where you get to hang out with the amazing Bacon and Eggs community moderated by the three most amazing moderators in the world currently, Rachel and Ness and Pixels. They are so wonderful at what they do and they almost never have any reason to moderate anything. Uh, we do a lot of cool things in the Discord server. We'll occasionally watch movies on Rabbit, which is like a watch party service. This week, we did like a three hour open voice chat uh, where, where Ethan and I were playing Super Smash Brothers with some members of the Discord. Um, there's just a lot of really cool stuff. Ethan, do you want to add to this at all? I mean, I think you about nailed it. Discord is awesome and we would love to see you there. It's only $3 a month for one Lego coffee a year you can get access to the Discord. Yeah. Actually, for less than the price of a Lego coffee. Yeah, for a dollar less than one Lego coffee a year. Um, a Lego coffee being that, $37, if you guys don't right. remember that. Awesome! But like, and, and the, the truth of the matter is that that $3 a month hopefully doesn't seem like that much to you, but it is a, it makes a huge difference for us. With that kind of money, we are able to uh, organize live events where we can meet people. We can send mail out to our listeners. We can get bigger, newer, better merch. We can... I mean, there, there's so many things that we're able to do with that. We're able to promote our show in new ways, which is really exciting. We're able to upgrade our equipment as necessary. It, it really genuinely makes a huge difference in the lives of the podcast and in the lives of Ethan and I. Um, Are we organizing live shows where they can meet us? Live events? Not, not not, at the moment, but it makes things like that easier. Yeah. We'll do live shows if you guys donate a bunch of stuff on Patreon. We will do that. We, we oh, love 100%. to do that. We just 100%. need... Uh, a little bit more certification that you guys would actually want that. Anyway, the, the big thing is right now, here's the thing, listener. We are currently at 75 patrons on our Patreon account, which is an achievement like I would have never imagined to come in the year and a half or so that we've been doing this. I honestly never would have imagined that many, but our goal is to get 100 patrons. So we just need 25 more. We're not that far away from our goal, and we would love it, love it, love it, love it if you were part of us achieving yeah. that help goal. us so get please, there by the end of march yes help uh, get us there by the end of march head over to patreon.com slash slash bacon, bacon and, eggs. and eggs and uh you can check out the other reward tiers but i definitely 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 you do not want to miss being a member of our discord server hit that three dollar pledge it's a totally safe and secure server if you have any questions about how discord works uh or, or patreon works you can email ethan and i or you can ask in our facebook group and uh, us or the moderators will answer and we'd be more than happy to help in any way possible. Faux show. Do you have any potatoes for me this week? Uh, I'm sick. No, that's the opposite. <laughs> this is the opposite of a potato. <laughs> uh, positive things about today or this week for that matter. You see, the thing is, um, you've got this built in though because you can just go positive things about Tyler. Oh, I can. But then the, it's potato. No, it's not. The, the O is the, the o. o is is parenthetical. The, the O is... Ah. It's just because it was originally three patat and potatoes is a way better word for that. Way, way better. Way better than three patat, um, which is a much inferior. That's like, that's like C-3PO's awkward cousin. Right. So 3PO! So for you, Casey my, Winters. That, it's for you. That's for you. That's for all of you who after I did that were like, yes, I was living for that. <coughs> that hurt a lot just so you guys know um positive things i'm staying at my parents house right now my parents are on safari in africa um which is a cool thing uh, positive thing about that their house is big which is cool uh there's five dogs there right now there's five dogs there right now and i, I actually love spending time with my parents dogs they're so chill Although, and they're so that cute. is a small number of dogs compared to the dogs that were most recently there yeah we had 12 dogs there or 13 dogs there not too long ago uh, five dogs there right now my two dogs they're three dogs that's been really good that's been really enjoyable um today was my first day back at work after 
I work every other week. I have Thursday through Monday off, but I work on every Saturday. Um, so I just finished my Thursday through Monday. Uh, it was my first day back, but it went well. You know, it was a, it was a chill day at work. Um, so that was good. I always like a good day at work. Um, oh, and my third potato is uh, Ben Benjamin Benny Romance got engaged uh, to his now fiance Alice Haynes, whom I love, and I cannot wait for her to be a part of my family. So there's, you know, there's lots of good things happening in my life right now. That's so awesome, Tyler. About, thank you. Ethan, what are your potatoes? My potatoes, uh, <coughs> going to visit my girlfriend's family this week. I'm taking the train up on Thurstog, Thursday, and we're going to D.C. So that's always fun. It's always a good time. Uh, I'm going to go visit the district. And uh, Captain Marvel comes out on Thursday. That should be everybody's potato. Let's be honest here. And Yes, oh my God. We're just getting to talk about one of my favorite movies, which is so rad. I was so happy when this one... Oh, this is a listener's choice episode, by the way. I don't know that we ever said that. Oh, yeah, it, it is. That's why we're covering this this week. We ran into sort of a just a little logistical snare where we can't review Captain Marvel before it comes out. So, right. listener's choice. So, listener's choice, yeah. Actually, it was, it was not a logistical snare. It was an idea because we said we were going to do a straight month of animation. Yes. And we had two Lego movies, a How to Train Your Dragon movie, and then we were like, let's leave it up to the Yokes. And the Yokes picked Emperor's New Groove. It came down to... You know, here's the thing. Can I, can, I, can I peel the curtain back? Sure. Pierce the veil, if you will? Sure. I was pushing the narrative of Pokemon the first and movie. And you lost. You know... No, no, no. I didn't. I actually secretly won. Do you want to No, that's know... not how that works. Oh, yeah. The whole thing, the whole idea was that I would push Pokemon the first movie so that people would suggest more than just Pixar films. And it would get them thinking outside the box of animation. And we had suggestions for all sorts of cool animation movies. We had Pokemon the first movie, Pokemon the third movie, uh, Spirited Away, uh, Inside Out, which actually falls under the category of what, what I didn't want to review. I, my goal was no Pixar, was my goal. And then the Inside it Out did make it into the, the voting round. What else made it? It came down to Pokemon the first movie, Emperor's New Groove, Big Hero 6, and uh, Inside Out. But we didn't get, like, Frozen didn't make it, Moana didn't make it, um, Big Hero 6 did make it, but I would say that's not in the same category of, like, super animation. Yeah, none of the Disney Renaissance made it. The, no, Lion King, none of that. So, so... They thought outside the I'm box, and you can take credit for that all you want, but, like, you... That was not your plan. Your plan was you wanted to review Pokemon, so you pushed that. I don't even want to hear it. I know. It. Uh, we may have found a way to work it into the schedule anyway. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that may be a thing. We'll see. We'll see uh, how that goes. We we are definitely reviewing Detec Detective oh, Pikachu. Oh yeah, no question. That that'll yeah. be the best Pokemon movie. I have no doubts. I have some doubts that that'll come back at a zero percent Rotten Tomatoes score. I don't. There's no way. Zero. Ah. You think zero? You think it's gonna be awful? I think I don't think it'd be worse than Venom. But I think it's. Oh man. I th I think there's a real chance it's like Fantastic Four. That doesn't seem possible. It like uh, genuinely, I think the trailers look pretty good, so I'm not too super worried about it. But why did we go see Fantastic Four in theaters? I cannot remember, but we did. You know, I we were in college, and I think that, that was at a point we were friends with Hunter, whom I love. Love you, Hunter. Thank you for listening. We didn't go with Hunter. And, no, we didn't, but Hunter always liked to go to the new Marvel movies. Yeah. And we sort of just blindly liked them. Like, I remember seeing The Dark World with Hunter and thinking, man, this movie was sweet because there's some cool action sequences in it. And there are. That movie and there's a part sucks. of Dark world. There's a part of Dark World where you kind of fall asleep and you, like, forget that there's this cool thing happening with, like, Thor and Loki and Loki fakes his death and blah, blah, blah. Whatever. There's some valuable scenes. And there's an Infinity Stone in it. 
whatever. It's not the best Marvel movie, but <laughs> anyway. So I think we saw Fantastic because we were like, this is something we used to do with Hunter, and we it, we enjoyed those times. So I did not why. enjoy Fantastic. <laughs> no, I hated that. That was awful. That was one of the few movies I've ever considered leaving. Yeah. I think if I was at that one by myself, I would not have stayed. I, I, I know there was rewrites, because I remember in early trailers it even looked different. So It looked bad in those, too. It was a bad movie. It was bad. Yeah, it was not good. It's wild because it's, it's, it's Miles Teller and Michael B. Jordan, right? Like, I love both of those guys. Yeah, they're both super... And uh, Kate Mara. Oh, yeah. Wild. Yeah. Wild. Why did Why did it have to suck? Because uh, it did. Because it's bad writing. I think I think uh, uh, studio exec got their hands on it and was like, uh, we're going to change it all up. Anyway, The Emperor's New Groove. I love this movie. I also love this movie. But the thing is, I don't think you have to say that much about it. It is, like, unapologetically hilarious and fun and good and... Is it extremely bright? Yeah, it's very bright and colorful. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of that. This was pre-Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. So, was, like, movies could still be bright. It was pre... Well, I mean, that didn't start with the Dark Knight. The blue and teal thing didn't start with the Dark Knight. No, 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 it did. But that's when we decided everything had to be gritty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This was not gritty at all. No, it's not. This was, just yeah. Fun. Yeah, it's just a romp. It's a good old fashioned romp. There's like, because there's no stakes in this movie. You never for once think that, like, Cusco's going to die or remain a llama. Yeah, or, actually, there's, there's like a small part of me that's like, oh, Cusco's just a llama emperor now. Right, because you think about Shrek, you think about right. Fiona, true love's first kiss turns her into a into a, an ogre. Right. Like, there's, there was a chance the story could have gone. That, like, Cusco's a better person, and end, now he's just a llama emperor. Right. <laughs> and, like, yeah, that's how, you know, that's how Cusco just ends the story. Is like, oh, I, I'm a better person because I'm a llama. Yeah. But that's not the case. And it's actually, yeah, no, it's not the case. Not the case at all. He turns back into a person, and he becomes a better ruler, and he builds Cusco-topia on top of a hill that doesn't sing at all. Yep. Because it's not Pacha's hill. Um, yeah, so those, those are sort of my, I honestly, Ethan, I'm going to tell you, those are my final thoughts. I mean, that's fair. We've been talking about this movie for longer than this movie. Yeah. And listen, there's a lot of meandering in this episode, but that's kind of how the movie is. That's just what this is movie like... barely has a plot that holds together. It's just like vignettes <laughs> right. that happen to be about the same people sort right. of in an order. <laughs> Which is good. I, I'm a fan. Uh, we need more of that and less of that. I still just want a 30-minute short film of Luis from Ant-Man telling me everything that's happened prior to Avengers Endgame. Yeah, I'd be about Starting that. with, like, so my boy Tony. Well, let's start with Fat Captain America, I would think. I guess, yeah. Sure. He can also recap every episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Daredevil, Jessica Jones, The Punisher... Luke Cage. He could, I would listen to just like an entire podcast of Michael Pena recaps things. Which reminds me, Michael Pena, come join us on Bacon like and Like the weekly news with Michael Pena, where Michael Pena talks about everything that's happened every week. Yes. I think Seamus did a, Seamus Gorman did a Twitter poll for who was the greatest character of all time. No, I did. That, that was, was you? Yeah. Oh, you did that? Yeah. Oh, Seamus, Seamus was the one that was backing me. Yeah. Okay. So he was, he was also backing Luis. That was it. Yeah, that was hysterical. Yeah. That was a good tweet. Good tweet. You know what's crazy about that one? Is I was genuinely trying to, like, gauge who the greatest character of all time was. And then I was like, there's no way people are going to agree with me on these first three deserving to be, like, the greatest characters. So I'm just going to throw in a joke on the fourth one and, so that nobody can get and mad And people at me. voted for it. <laughs> And people voted for Luis from Ant-Man because he just is. He just is the greatest character. But yeah, so those are those are final Harry, thoughts. Harry Potter did win. That. Those are final thoughts. Let's do some some wrapping up. This is my, oh, this is my sick voice. Morty. Uh, uh, listen, listen, Morty. Listen, Morty. I've turned myself into a pickle, Morty. I'm Pickle Rick. Oh, listen, Morty. I, I'm, I'm sick this week, so we can't have an episode, Morty. <laughs> <laughs> that hurt. Immediately that hurt. Ah. Uh,
Oh, jeez, Rick. I don't know. I'm gonna watch Rick and Morty after this. You've, you've convinced me. That's a TV show that I watch. I don't watch a lot of TV, folks. In fact, I almost watch no TV. Anyway, uh, do you want to do the wrap-up? Because I'm sick. <laughs> the, we have stuff to do. Oh, right. There's, like, pieces Yeah, there's to the pieces to the wrap-up. I can't just go. Until next week. So the villain, Yzma. Where does Yzma stand between Tommy Lee Jones and Heath Ledger? You know, I think she's a pretty good villain. I give her a four. Yeah, because she doesn't achieve anything whatsoever. She turns an emperor into a llama for like a little bit yeah. for like a couple days yeah i can i can agree with a four a four out of heath ledger <laughs> r.i.p in peace af is Fortnite. if the emperor's new groove was a breakfast food what would it be and it can't be pill bug <laughs> it uh nope 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 is it's, that a, a, it's real a spinach thing? omelet spinach omelet because that's what my spinach puffs no uh or what is it what kind of omelet does he order that's what Cusco orders uh, for breakfast Hold on, I'm pulling it up. I'm pulling it up. My spinach puffs. Crunk, I never liked your spinach puffs. <gasps> so he, listen, Cusco orders an omelet first, and then he makes the omelet a meat pie, and then he comes out and gets a side of potatoes with no cheese, and then he gets... Make my potatoes a salad. Make my potatoes a salad. So it's that. So so it is a meat pie with a side of salad. What is pill bug? Is that real? Uh, no, it's there's, they're those roly-poly bugs. Giant Yeah, giant roly-poly bugs. bugs that Pacha sucks up with a straw. Looks delicious. It uh, does not look delicious. I gagged. It is, it is the most appetizing moment in cinema. I absolutely gagged. Oh my god, I was ready. I can't tell if you're joking, but I can only hope so. No, I literally gagged. As soon as he starts sucking, he, he pops it open, starts sucking the goop up. <laughs> it's like irradiated yellow. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, just gravy, man. You're just uh, drinking gravy. Uh, Young gravy. Flash. Gravy all over my cash. Young Steve Nash. <laughs> <laughs> I might pull up in some catchers. <laughs> Alright. Did you ever look uh, up what Young Gravy looks like? No, I'll do it. Oh my god. Gravy train. I, I still can't believe. He's every white dude that we went to college with. Like some variation yeah. upon. This is, this is, you know who he looks like? Who? Julian. The beatboxer? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's Young Gravy. That's wild. He's got a nice, clean beard. I'm a fan. I, You know, I bet that if he'd like just sang, he'd probably be pretty good at it. Yeah, He's probably. got like a nice voice. Yeah. Like I would, I would, I would listen to like Young Gravy ASMR. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever listened to ASMR from a man. If he just came in and was just like, yo, I'm young, great. <laughs> what it do? Yeah, he's the literally the whitest dude ever. Like, he beats Post Malone. He doesn't even have tattoos. No. I mean, he might. He doesn't have face tattoos. Or neck tattoos. Yeah. You can't be a white rapper without, like, neck tattoos. He doesn't have neck tattoos. I, that's why he's not as successful. It's like Post Malone and Mac Miller. Eminem doesn't have neck tattoos. Eminem's a rap guy. Let me tell you, let me tell you right now, no one has ever gone as hard as Eminem. On anything. Like, this dude is the best. Yeah. Period. Yeah. There is no, I don't know, I don't want to hear about any rapper other than Eminem for king of rap. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's God tier. I mean, it is unbelievable. I accidentally put on an Eminem album the other day. I was blown freaking yeah, away. Yeah, you pick any random album. It'll, it'll just like knock your socks off. Yeah. And then if you listen to all of them in a row, the narrative of like, I'm clean. Now I'm on drugs again. Now I'm clean again. And my daughter. Yeah, I love my daughter. Love, I hate my mom. I love my mom. I hate my mom like again. I'm sorry for cleaning out yeah. my closet, but like I'm not. Yeah. The whole thing, man. It is. Oh, and then you listen to Rap God and you're like, that's the thing about Rap God is it was like, oh, this is a mainstream 
oh my god, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. It's an incredible song. That whole album is is just like next level. At the point when when like Jay Z for the most part stopped putting out good music, and like Kanye for the most part stopped putting out good music, Eminem was like, no, we're going old school. Like it's the '90s again. What's up? Let's go. Right, we are going to make the best. We're gonna make Marshall Mathers LP two. We're gonna get like Kendrick Lamar and the guy from Fun. And like everybody else in the world on it. But the truth, the truth is, I'll say it. Eminem is better than Tupac, better than Biggie, better than all of them. Yeah, but I mean, there would e- even Eminem planet. will tell you there would have been no Eminem without Tupac and Biggie. Like, no, I, I'm not saying there would have no. been. But we live on the same planet as the world's greatest rapper ever. Yeah, yeah. He also hasn't and gotten himself like killed. Know, like, yeah, which is awesome. I'll talk. Uh. Eight miles coming to Vegas. Yeah. Next week's bonus content is Ethan and Tyler talking about Eminem for thirty minutes. <laughs> um. Anyway, is there anything else we do to wrap up the show? Yeah, That's we need to put it on the big board. Making. The big board. Uh, Zach, no longer updating the big board, so I'll do it myself right now. These are wedding invitations from my personal email address. You can get a Young Gravy baseball jersey that just says gravy. That's pretty sweet. For what team? No, it, it just on the front, it just says gravy. Oh, oh. That, like with the, the swoosh. <laughs> that's less interesting. Starting from the bottom. Is this better than Venom? Yep. Yes. Is it better than Transformers? Yes. Is it better than Crimes of Grindelwald? Yes. Is it better than Lego Movie to the second part? Yep. Is it better than National Treasure? Probably, yeah. Is it better than Ralph Breaks the Internet? Yep. Is it better than Lego Batman? Yeah. Is it better than Bumblebee? I say no. Yeah, probably not. I think we have our answer. What's, a, what's, a, that the new... what's above Bumblebee? It's not better. <laughs> it's not better than the Lego Movie. It's not better than Miracle. Okay. The, yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's better than Bumblebee. I think Bumblebee was. Rad. Bumblebee was rad. Oops. Although if they reboot reboot the Transformers universe, I'm gonna like Bumblebee less. But I'm also less interested in what Hasbro has to say about it, and more what the movie studio has to say about it. Because like Hasbro doesn't make the movies. They fund the movies mm, to some extent. In- we now have 20 movies this year. That's wild. We're, no, we're, like, this is the last week of Daylight Savings Time. So, like, I get to go back to 8 o'clock server reset next week. And th- this, this is the fastest uh, non-Daylight Savings Time period ever. What is the name of this movie? Emperor the Emperor's New Groove. Groove. <clears throat> I'm curious if anything... I'm curious if there are zeros in our binary scale that are above ones. Um. Yeah, you have to see National Treasure. You don't have to see Lego Batman. Lego Batman is a... Uh, oh, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, our lowest one... No, you do have to say Lego Batman. You don't see Lego Movie 2. You're right. Our lowest one is National Treasure. Is there anything above that? Uh, no. Then not currently. Not All right, cool. Now. Well, let's wrap this piece up so Tyler can go die. I know, I'm dying. I'm going to take NyQuil tonight. NyQuil! Which, by the way, so stupid. Why is that stupid? Because it's going to put me to sleep, and then I want to go to the gym tomorrow. Yeah, there's no chance you're I waking wanna... up for the gym at 6.15. Well, 5.15. No, but that's what I mean. There's no way you're going to make it to a 6.15 gym appointment if you take NyQuil. Ain't going to happen. I know, I know. I'm going to try anyway. But like, Because when you go to the gym, you get all that new oxygen in your body. You clean out your lungs. It's good for you. Find me a doctor who says it isn't. Um, probably the only bad thing is that I'm at a gym where there are other people. Yeah. You're getting people <laughs> sick. Like, also, you're going to feel right, terrible. Right. But working out is good. Here's a little potato. I don't know if this is a lot of pounds, but I deadlifted 235, which is more than my weight. That's a lot. So that's... Uh, I did one of those. I probably could have done more. I could probably... I, I don't want to like just throw a number in there and be like, yeah, I could totally deadlift 260, but I think I could. Yeah. I think I did 265. That's that's more than I'm currently deadlifting, but I'm also doing 5x10s. Those are bad knees. Yeah, I'm also doing 5x10s. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did 5x10s after that, and I did that on 155. This is one rep. Yeah. I squatted 165 also, so not as much. I currently haven't so. done, like, a max yet. It, like, I honestly did it on accident. 
we uh, I was I was with a partner who was like, yeah, man, I'm not that strong. After he just squatted 335 or three whatever three plates is. Yeah. And I was like, actually, man, I think you're a lot stronger than I am. And he was like, no, nah, man, try this out. It's 235 on the on the on the deadlift. And I did it, and I was like, I can do this, but I cannot do this 50 times. Right. So I was uh, there was I, one point when I was going to the gym regularly. I think it was back in high school or like early college, uh, where I, if you I could do like an inclined leg press of like a thousand pounds. I remember that. Yeah. So I'm excited to get back to that sort of territory. Well, you don't do incline leg press at your no, gym, do you? No, but I mean, I'm, I'm excited to get back to any like big number territory. Yeah. Well, Ben said the other day that he could bench or not bench. He could deadlift three something. Yeah, Ben. I watched Ben do 350. Three, yeah, it was more than twice his body yeah, weight. It was and wild too. I thought his body was going to snap. <laughs> he picked, he picked and, that thing uh, up and was just like, he was the color of a tomato. <laughs> um, and I, I was, I was very jealous. I don't think I could do 350, but I could do more than I weigh. So that was, that was That's exciting rad. for me. <coughs> Yes. Well, cool. All right. Anyway, let's go ahead and wrap up. All uh, right. Where, how do people find us? People find us at Bacon and Eggs Pod on Twitter and Instagram. They can also go join the Super Secret, Super Not Secret Facebook group. Um, there's a link below for that because it's something awful. Um, you can go to patreon.com slash bacon and eggs if you want to join the Discord. That is super secret. But we're telling you about it right now. You're getting a special sneak preview of the Discord by us telling you this. Nobody else knows about it yet. Except they do because there's like 75 people in it. But you should become one of those people. It's patreon.com slash bacon and eggs. If you want to get beef positive merch you can go to teespring.com slash store slash bacon dash and dash eggs right now and you can get that stuff it is still available for the people that message me every single week asking if it's still available it is still available it is, it is indeed, indeed we have a new available. phone case too we've redesigned the phone case it looks a little bit better now sweet i didn't know that oh i thought you did it i did not do it oh it looks exactly the same as before then i just got an email the other day saying that our listing was live on the phone case maybe you changed it then i don't know <laughs> i mean i didn't i didn't do anything well to anyway it. um <laughs> you can do all that stuff you can find us there uh I'm on Twitter at WowNow uh, with the O's or Zeros, and I'm on Instagram at Bacon and Ethan, but the O is an O. Um, and Tyler's on Instagram and Twitter at AmeriCarlin. Uh, I think that's everything. Our artwork is by Vishon Brandy. You can find him at graphite.vmb on Instagram, and our music is by Andrew Scott Bell. You can find him at andrewscottbell.com. Student Oscar winning. Yeah, and our theme music is so rad. Thank you again, Andy, for doing that. Thank you again, Vishon, for all <laughs> of the work you do for us. Vishon designed the whole Be Positive line. He designed everything we do. Since day one, um, I hope that we never have to work with another graphic designer ever. I will die if we have to find a new graphic yeah, designer. Yeah, Vishon is amazing. Always the plug. It, like, if you are looking to start a podcast, let me tell you right now, believe it or not, people will forgive your crappy audio quality. They will not forgive your crappy graphic. Yeah. So hire Vaishon Brandon. Email Vaishon. Yeah. Hire Vaishon Brandon. He's... Get a logo from him because he is the plug. He's going to be more a, famous a than nice... us for this one day. That's an absolute fact. Yeah. A nice logo from Vaishon costs less than a nice microphone. So invest your money smartly and get a nice it logo. It does cost Vaishon. more than one Lego coffee. It does cost But that's okay because Lego coffee is exorbitantly priced and you can just get regular coffee. We'll tell you how soon. Yeah. Stay tuned, stay tuned on, on that. that front. Anyway, I think that's everything we say. I just listed a random number of social media handles. That's what I do anyway. That's what it says in the script. Um, yep. I've been Ethan Edgehill. He's been Tyler Carlin. And until next week, Ariva Durchi. Arnie Kneecamp.